This episode of To The Point is sponsored by Tarsus. Tarsus Pharmaceuticals applies proven science and new technology to revolutionize treatment for patients, starting with eye care. Tarsus is advancing its pipeline to address several diseases with high unmet need across a range of therapeutic categories, including eye care, dermatology, and infectious disease prevention. Tarsus is proud to announce that Xdemvi Lotolaner Ophthalmic Solution 0.25% is now available to prescribe. Support for this podcast is provided by TearCare, a product of Sight Sciences. TearCare is a device that applies heat to the eyelids where the current medical community recommends the application of a warm compress to the eyelids. Applications include meibomian gland dysfunction, MGD, dry eye, or blepharitis. Ocular surface disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist. The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested and specializing in it. So let's get to the point. All right, welcome to our first episode of the To The Point podcast for 2021. My name is Jackie Garlick, and I am joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell. And Leslie and I are back to talk about all kinds of things. Hi, Leslie. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Um, so we last year, we talked a lot about dry eye, how to build a dry eye practice. And 2021 is going to be about... Well, we're going to surprise you. We're going to surprise ourselves, I think, on what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but we do know what we're talking about today. And today we are going to talk about what is new in the dry eye space, what is coming up in the future, and um, just other things surrounding ocular disease. So um, I thought we could start by talking about what are some of the newer things that have come to market in the past year or two. Uh, let's start talking with, let's start talking about Oxervate. That is something newer to the space. Yeah, that's a great place to start. So Oxervate, you know, really, I think has a, a lot of great opportunities for us to learn, um, a little bit more about what that's treating, which is neurotrophic keratitis. Um, and so it, it's really the first time we've had a medication that's been designed with that in mind. Um, these patients have often been our most challenging dry eye patients, and it's exciting to have something like Oxervate to to treat them. So I have I have some experience using that over the past several months. Um, I will say that the heaviest lift is just really educating the patient on how to use it because it's it comes in a very different you know type of delivery system than, than we're used to and our patients are used to. But once you kind of work through that and the company is very good about having online videos for that, I've, I've actually had patients, you know, in their 80s that were able to self-administer. So it's not a limiting factor, but it's good to know that it does look different as far as the delivery system than something we've been used to in the past. Yeah, I, th- I would second that. I, um, I had watched their online videos on how to actually do that because I think that is one of the hardest things when you're prescribing a new medication, something 
like this, if a patient asks you questions like, wait, how do I do this? It's if you don't know, then you feel uncomfortable, like you're not aware of how it goes. And so the their website, Oxervate.com, they have um, a great video on there on just how to do it, which would be educational for not only the doctor, but just for the patient too, just because it's difficult to talk through it. You really do have to kind of see that that video. This is one drop every two hours, so six times a day for eight weeks. Um, have you had this experience um, where you feel where patients start to almost have a little more pain when they start using it as they start to regrow nerves? I have, and that's what I was going to actually add to what you were saying. You know, it is nice that we have that endpoint with eight weeks, and and the clinical trials are, you know, and clinical experience show that it is really impressive at healing the cornea, and it does so by helping to heal the corneal nerves. So that is a conversation that you want to have with patients. Is as they're going through their therapy, there is going to be um, a change probably in their perception of discomfort and really kind of just working through that as best as you can. It does improve the longer they're using the therapy, but in their clinical trials, you know, that was, was one of their most common adverse reactions was eye pain. How has your experience been, um, getting that medication to the patient as far as like, you know, insurance coverage, like I know the company is very helpful in that regard, but can you talk about your experience with that? Yeah, I I feel like, you know, Dompe has been doing a great job of trying to get this in the hands of our patients and um, actually haven't seen if it's changed much this year, but they had a enrollment program so that you could make sure it was covered because obviously this is not something that you're going to go to a local pharmacy for. The one thing that, you know, when we're looking for the patients, I always think about, you know, how are we going to, we have great options for medications now, but you know, what's your patient selection? And so with this one in particular, I think it's really started to raise the awareness of neurotrophic keratitis. And you might see this two or three plus punctate keratitis, but you know, just remembering to do things like check for corneal sensitivity, something that, you know, is relatively easy to be doing in our clinics. You don't need the, you know, Cochet Binet's um, testing. I use actually an un- flavored dental floss um, for the way that I check corneal sensitivity in patients. I'm not sure what you do. Yeah, I um, I've done both the dental floss or I've done dental floss and I also would like do a Q-tip like a swab and yeah. just sort of pull out some of that cotton on the cotton swab and kind of roll it a little bit and then, you know, do yep. corneal sensitivity that way. I feel like for, for whatever reason, my dental, I can never find my dental floss when I am going to do this, but I got swabs all over the place. <laughs> so I end up going with that. So I feel like right now I'm, um, you know, just a little bit limited with even how I open things because I'm wearing gloves and I'm not accustomed to doing that. And so actually I have a, I have a lot more trouble. Um, I'll have to get my wisp ready before I put my gloves on because I do feel a little challenged <laughs> physically right now. Okay. So that that's a super exciting thing. One thing that um, did, I think, come out in 2020, I think it was 2020, is Isuvis. And that is um, something that came out of Kala Pharmaceuticals where it's designed to treat your flares, your patient, your dry eye patients that have these flares. Um, have, you, have you used this at all yet? Yes, I've actually been using this quite a bit, and this has really been an exciting addition for me in particular because I had been thinking about flares for a long time with patients. Um, again, so I, I get excited when new medications are coming to be because they just really help refocus education um, to us, the providers, and really 
restart conversations that maybe we should be having. So for me, one of the things I felt like I was doing a good job as a dry eye, you know, specialist or, you know, focus area for my patients was educating them when they would start on any therapy to let me know if they had a few days of worsening symptoms and that I would be able to offer them something, right? And what that something was, was going to be a corticosteroid. Um, now that we have Isuvis and it's FDA approved for the short term, up to two weeks use for dry eye disease and you know dry eye flares, I, I'm really excited to now have something that I can prescribe on label. Also, their study, um, their their clinical development program is one of the biggest around. So they had about 2,800 patients that were enrolled in that. And the safety profile um, of Isuvis was, was really overwhelmingly positive. Only three patients with an IOP rise um, above 21 or greater than 10 millimeters. And that was um, like 0.2% of that study population. So one of the things that you know, doctors get a little bit nervous about when they're maybe sending a patient home on a corticosteroid is, are they going to be causing an IOP spike? And I feel like, you know, with the clinical data that we can look at, we are, we should be able to prescribe with confidence. Yeah. So um, Isuvis is lodopregnol 0.25%. And this is, um, it feels like, oh gosh, how many different varieties of lodopregnol percentage-wise can we actually have? But I, I think one of the things that's, that really differentiates this, and they talk about this, is their Amplify technology. So this is their their proprietary mucus penetrating particle drug delivery technology. And this is designed to enhance the bioavailability of lodopregnol at the target site. This is um, so. This is unique to them, and that um, they'll, it, you know, according to this, will have better efficacy with that. This is also the same company that came out with Inveltis, which is another percentage of lodopredinol. That's at one percent, and that was um, that was I, don't, I think maybe twenty nineteen, or I think that's when Inveltis actually came out. But um, so this is this is great. We know our dry eye patients have these flare ups, and I think to your point, it is a nice thing to remind them, like, if you have flare ups, call me like we have, you know, I think it makes us think more about reminding our patients that they will experience these flare ups and that we do have like, more on label treatment um, for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, and, and just really, you know, to kind of continue on that conversation a little bit is what, you know, what we're living in, right, with um, a couple things right now, masks and this mask associated dry eye. So we might see an uptick in our dry eye patients or flares of symptoms related to just, you know, our patients that are working and wearing a mask for long periods of time during the day. The other thing would be the digital device use. So we see, you know, on average, sometimes I see studies that show 13 hours of use of some kind of device. So these are patients that we want to be proactively talking about. You know, we're, we're in the winter now, but as the spring arrives and allergies start to flare, that's another way, you know, another area where allergy and dry eye kind of really combine to make our patients really unhappy. And so, you know, we go from the dry winter air um, with low humidity to everything blooming and all the pollens that also creates that problem. So I think it's, a, again, a great opportunity. Some of these patients, you know, some of the study from Kala is, is kind of surprising um, or was kind of surprising to me that... I think they had 45% of patients were just experiencing flares. So if you think about that patient and you don't have it, you know, in your intake form or you're not talking to your staff about 
this as a possibility, you might completely miss a patient that is at risk for dry eye disease and having flares because if it doesn't hurt that day, they might not remember, right? They might not remember how they felt four months prior to their eye exam. So I think the conversation um, with patients should really just be, you know, do you have awareness of your eyes? This isn't normal. How many times, you know, out of a year are you noticing that? And that would be really falling on all of our patients, right? And then we can become more proactive, which is is always a great thing when we're talking about a chronic disease. Something else that I've been hearing is not necessarily new, but I feel like I've been hearing a lot more about it is the Regenerize uh, drops. And I think the reason I'm hearing more about that is because now that's available through ABB. So, um, I, I mean, my ABB rep was like, oh, you treat dry eye. Do you know you can get Regenerize through us? And I was like, oh, no. But I do feel like I've been hearing a lot more about that. Um, and, um, I know you've used Regenerize, Leslie, this is like a, it, it ha the, the drop has a lot of the same cytokines, growth factors, and, you know, nutrients that you'll find in amniotic membrane grafts, although it is in a drop and they have two different varieties of this. They have a light, um, and then a professional strength. And the light is, um, I think a little bit uh, maybe easier in that it has it's not refrigerated like the extra strength needs to be. It's more for your mild to moderate dry eye patients, um, and then the professional strength is more for your severe patients. And so, this is something that you can actually carry in your office. Um, you can carry bottles of this in your office and, and sell that to your patients. And it certainly, I don't know, it feels easier that I can get it through ABB because I get a bunch of other stuff through ABB. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that they're improving the access to um, you know, breaking down some of the barriers to get this. This one is appealing because there is no prior authorization that we need to go through. You know, we can retail it right to the patient and that's always a lot easier for patients. Um, I, I actually was not familiar with the two strengths and I, I think my experience has been mostly with the, the professional strength because, you know, I do store it in the refrigerator and then send it home refrigerated. So that's exciting to actually even, I'll have to do a little digging into that mild. They have the light, and actually, I was just on the ABB website, and the only one available in this, I don't know if this is just for me, is the light. I didn't actually see the professional strength actually available, so I'm not sure if I, um, if that's just in something that's unique to me, and I'm not able to get that one, but um, that's all I saw on ABB, but I, they do have two different, two different variations, and the dosing for that is, you know, it ranges depending on the severity, uh, but anywhere from one to four drops a day is the typical dosing for that. And the other thing about the bottle is that it's, it is good for up to 90 days. Um, so I don't know, that's kind of an, a nicer thing. And I guess really how fast you'll fly through that depends on your dosing, obviously, but yeah. And I think that's one that kind of gets a tapered, you know, you might start a patient out at, um, I think you would do maybe four times. You probably could even do a little bit more frequently to get them started. And then you would you would think about a tapered dose on that. But I think it's a good opportunity for a doctor that maybe doesn't have access to amniotic membranes, you know, with um, either the cryopreserved or a dehydrated, you know, get that started. Um, and if your cornea is not responding, you might want to then pass along to somebody that has access to the membrane. Um, I think it's also great for the patient that has um, been through a membrane therapy and needs continued treatment. Yep. So I think that's, um, as far as, you know, a cost, um, perspective, I think too, you would see a big difference. There, there are some patients that we kind of 
we really want to do a membrane on, but we're challenged by insurance coverage or deductibles. And so that that to me is another appealing place for, for this drop to fit. All right, let's kind of switch gears um, from drops and talk about uh, my uh, meibomian gland treatment options. And there is a newer one that had came, that has come out from iEco where it's using it's using vibration technology. I think this is a really interesting and an exciting area to kind of be thinking about when we're talking about meibomian gland dysfunction. And I know we touched on it a little bit before, but iEco has something called Tranquil Vibes. And that takes her traditional tranquilized XL mask and kind of puts in this vibration ring that sits around the orbital bone um, and provides heat with vibration. Um, and I've done some you know, research actually with her um, around that science within the past maybe two years. Um, and it, it, it does help with in-office expression. It does really improve meibomian gland function, um, tear breakup times in patients. And so that's, you know, definitely something I'm going to, I'm going to say we see growing. Um, and I'm already starting to see that there's a company called iDetect that has a warm compress that you may be familiar with. It's called iGene. It's a warm compress that doesn't require, um, a microwave or anything. It's actually more of like a foil pack that you open up and, and the patient can use that without having to heat it. So it's kind of like a single use type mask. Um, but that company also is working on something called eye lipid mobilizer. And this is going to be interesting, I think. It's looking at heat and then something called mechanical resonant frequency vibration. Um, and also what they're thinking is mechanical neuromodulation, which is a hot word right now, I would say. Um, and that is coming together again in something that um, is called eye lipid mobilizer and should be, uh, it's under development now. I know that they have a prototype in um, developed. Um, so I think that's something that we're going to see here a lot more of over the next 12 months or so. Kind of just real quick staying in line with that is, is you know, in the heat mask space, we've saw tear restore. And I know that you have had some experience there, but that's, you know, another, you know, heat mask that is just kind of reinventing the way that we're doing that. Speaking of those digital device users, it, it might be good for our patients that don't want a closed eye um, experience when they're doing heat and they can have that um, open eye treatment. This episode of To The Point is sponsored by Tarsus. Tarsus Pharmaceuticals applies proven science and new technology to revolutionize treatment for patients, starting with eye care. Tarsus is advancing its pipeline to address several diseases with high unmet need across a range of therapeutic categories, including eye care, dermatology, and infectious disease prevention. Tarsus is proud to announce that Xdemvi Lotolaner Ophthalmic Solution 0.25% is now available to prescribe. Can you, did you do some research with this vibrate? This is new to me, the vibration. What's the technical word? What did you call it? Well, it depends. So with Aiko's uh, Tranquil Vibes, that, that, you know, she is calling just vibration. Um, that is... I probably can't speak too much of just because the studies are kind of under, were in the process of writing them out as a paper, but um, it was, you know, really, really good technology. The patient, again, could take it home 
With what um, the eye lipid mobilizer is looking at, it's going to have a two-part in-office procedure, and then also the patient would take that home um, and continue therapy and home maintenance. And that, like I said, is um, in the development stage. So with the, is the vibration designed that like this vibration happens the entire time during the heat and this just this gentle vibration somehow shakes these meibomian glands to sort of like loosen oil and help it flow out is that the concept behind that um you know with this new science i'm i'm not sure you know exactly how that's going to look if it's more of like a pulsating type thing but i do know with the vibes mask that i was talking about that it was more of a constant um frequency vibration that was happening But I think that thought is kind of, you know, around the, if you have thick butter and you're also shaking it while you're trying to liquefy it, it might move out quicker. I mean, it makes sense. And yeah, it does make sense. So then is this thing plugged in, the Vibes mask? Is that plugged in? It it does have a USB connection. So yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, what is coming up? All right, so the, the the vibration thing with this new company is one of the things you mentioned, but um, also something that is coming up that's probably we're we're gonna hear something in twenty twenty one for this is Oyster Point. They have um, they submitted their NDA in, uh, to the FDA back in December of twenty twenty. So December of twenty twenty, that is really exciting. Yeah, it is. So they have their OC-01, which is a preservative-free nasal spray. So this contains a nicotinic acetylcholine receptor agonist that stimulates the trigeminal um, parasympathetic pathway. And in the, there's, you know, there's, there was true tier. Okay. That was like Allergan's product that also worked by stimulating the trigeminal nerve. True, true tier is now, um, no longer it's been discontinued, but I will say that the, um, thought with this, I kind of always thought, and this is just my lack of understanding of this, but I'm going to say it in case anyone else also didn't understand. I kind of thought it was just going to be reflex tearing that was going to be happening with this. Like when, I mean, even true tear, I kind of thought like, how is that really helping? Like you'll get more tears, but the balance is still kind of thrown off. Like I don't really understand that, but that's not really what's happening here. I mean, with the stimulation of the trigeminal nerve that activates this, what's called the lacrimal functioning unit. And that includes the cornea, the conjunctiva, and the structures that secrete tear films, such as the lacrimal glands, the meibomian glands, and the goblet cells. So it's not just lacrimal gland function, which is what I un- like incorrectly understood. I don't know. Was that just me? Did you think that? You probably knew the answer. <laughs> no, no. I think that it is exciting. And that that was what was exciting even with neurostimulation uh, with True Tear was uh, the True Tear device. It wasn't just um, the lacrimal gland, you know, it was showing to do the other things, like you said, the goblet cells and even the meibomian gland. So definitely had some challenges, um, at least with my own patient adoption. As soon as you kind of went to them with a two prong thing that was going up their nose, it really was unappealing to patients. Um, I think with you know, with Oyster Point, it's really exciting, and and a lot of the science comes you know from the same. Um, the doctor, Dr. Michael Ackerman, who was behind True Tear. So it it makes sense that, you know, he kind of helped Oyster Point with this science. Um, I think it's going to be 
really exciting again because the conversation for dry eye is going to be like turned on its head. We're talking to you about dry eye and we want to give you a nasal spray. Like, are you insane? So I think it's going to be kind of fun. I think it's going to be fun to even, you know, keep learning how Oyster Point is going to approach, you know, eye care and and show us how to have those conversations. Um, I think patients and uh, um, the adoption of patients with this science is going to be way um, easier um, because it's going to be familiar, right? Patients are familiar with nasal sprays. They're familiar with how they work. So I think that part's going to be easy. Um, And I I think it's really, you know, again, the, the... the experience I had with True Tear when I found the patient that it worked, it was really exciting. Um, so I think that this is going to just be so much easier and get to be in the hands of so many more patients. So um, I think it's going to be um, exciting to see how this goes over the next year. But I'm ex- I'm really excited to hear about the submission to the FDA. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think this is also going to be great for the patient that maybe already takes a lot of eye drops, you know, the glaucoma right. patients, like, yeah, absolutely. you don't want to keep adding eye drops to them. This is a different delivery altogether that can still treat their dry eye. So that's, that's certainly I like exciting. That. I like that. And maybe even I mean, if you think about that, I, I see a lot of um, my macular degeneration patients that are undergoing their injections that have a lot of surface problems, but they also have kind of, you know, limited vision. So maybe if I'm nervous about giving them an eye drop that could be instilled incorrectly, a nasal spray delivery is going to be a, a, an easy way to improve adherence um, and also maybe reduce some risk of self-induced trauma. Yeah, totally. The The other thing is speaking of like trigeminal and neurostimulation, I forgot about this device, but iTier 100 came out last year too. And that yes. is, um, you know, that that is like it, it does the same. It has this temporary, you know, um, increase um, in tear production. And it, but this one's different than true tear and that it's not a two prong in the nose. It's applied to the skin, like on the out, the external sort of nasal, you know, region. And that you apply for 30 seconds or less. Um, this stimulates a trigeminal nerve, same pathway as what we've already discussed here. So, um, you know, that, that I feel like I didn't hear that much about maybe advertising wise, but that is something that came out last year also. I have seen something around that. And now actually that I'm open and running, I probably have to figure out who to contact because I, um, again, that external vibration or stimulation, I think is going to be um, much better received by the patient and, and neurostimulation, um, you know, just like we've even seen with TFOS Do's 2 new definition of dry eye, this neurosensory part of dry eye is such a huge part. That's why that's why we see things like Oxervate, um, this medication by Oyster Point, this technology that you're speaking of. So it's a part that we, we have a lot of learning to do, um, but it's a, a really exciting new um, frontier. I also wonder, this is sort of anecdotal, but now that everyone has had to have COVID tests and maybe people are more comfortable with things being put up their nose, if True Tear just like missed its time and they would actually do that. I often thought they should, you know, if they just would have maybe had a one-sided prong versus at the same time, I think that also would have been... I mean, I'm kind of joking because I no, I don't think anyone enjoys the thank COVID test. Though, I mean, thank goodness I'm not in, uh, prescribing that right now because sometimes, you know, the patient would sneeze all over me when they were doing it and then we would be doing it in the exam room. So it definitely would not be, yes, perfect for the time we live in now. Um, all right. Let's talk also about um, Tarsis. They have something in the works also for an, as an eye drop for the treatment of Demodex. So that's very exciting. I was just talking to you before we 
started recording this about a Demodex patient that I have. Um, so yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about Tarsus. I, you know, have been really excited about Tarsus since I first heard of them, um, or saw some of their science back at SECO, um, last year. So I did, you know, get familiar with them just about a year ago. Um, Demodex, we've talked a lot about in the past, and it's just been such a challenge to treat. Um, it, it is, a the most common ectoparasite that lives on us, but it also, you know, as we kind of reduce that visible sign with the collarettes, um, it, it comes back. And so having this therapy, an eye drop again, that people are more comfortable with doctors prescribing more, you know, we're more comfortable prescribing a, an eye drop, um, than we are a cleanser. And then also the patients, you know, we just were talking about, they're comfortable with using an eye drop. When you, when we're sending them home on some of these cleansers, I just haven't, some of them, you know, are kind of irritating to the eye. So we encourage patients not to scrub. And so I, you know, and then we are seeing some conflicting studies or some studies that show that there could be some harm to meibomian glands with, um, for terpenol in, in particular over time. So, you know, having another option, I think is just going to be a, a great thing and it can't get here soon enough for me. I know what, actually, I'm not sure when that approval is expected. Do you know that? Um, I, think I think it's maybe, I think it might still be with a year away, but I'll have to check and see. I think, I think about that. I think about a year away. Yeah. They didn't submit anything right to the NDA. They didn't do an NDA yet. I don't think so either. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a little Uh, bit on that. But but. again, if you think about the education to doctors, um, they've done a great job just raising awareness already about Demodex. Um, And so that has been really awesome to see. They've done um, a, a little bit of a pilot study, I think, with a thousand patients that doctors from across the country would just evaluate them, you know, just consecutive patients in the door. And they found a high number of patients with cholerets. What they're also um, really stressing is the importance of evaluating that superior lid while you're at your slit lamp and looking for the collarette, that clear waxy debris on the eyelash. And that's really all you need to make your diagnosis. So although it might be fun for some of us, I'm going to say myself, to do epilation and and look for the Demodex under the microscope, um, Tarsus is really showing us that we don't need that. All we need is our slit lamp um, and looking at that superior lid to look for um, the collarettes. Um, okay. And then I, let's like finish up with something that is somewhat newer that I don't ha- have a ton of information about, but I just want to bring it up in this call. There is a new uh, dry eye treatment. It's called Reproxilab. And this is a new small molecule drug that's in phase three trials as uh, a treatment for dry eye disease. This one is, I'm bringing it up because it's a different, it's like a, a different way to treat dry eye in, the, in, the, in its mechanism. So this is called a RASP inhibitor, which stands for reactive aldehyde species inhibitor. And um, this is, it's a reactive molecule that binds to cellular biomolecules, disrupting their function and activating pro-inflammatory mediators. So this is just from their website here. I don't have a ton of information on it, um, but they're, they're using this sort of RASP inhibition in various treatments in allergic conjunctivitis, but also in certain systemic cancers. So, I mean, this is in phase three, so we do have a little bit to go with it, but just something interesting and on the horizon I wanted to bring up. 
Yeah, always exciting to hear new things like that, and definitely something to keep an eye on um, as as the year progresses. And I'm sure again um, that that's something that is going to be new to all of us, this RASP idea. And so again, a, a big area for us to learn even more about um, dry eye disease. Just when you thought that we got through the first series and we had everything we needed to do dry eye the right way, now we're learning that there's all these things in the works that are going to teach us that we, you know, have a lot more to learn. Yeah. Learning is good. Okay, Leslie, I think this was a good um, first episode for 2021. Here's to many more. And now for the To The Point wrap-up. The management and treatment of dry eye disease continues to evolve. 2020 brought us new medications with Isuvis from Kala Pharmaceuticals, as well as continued education around something now called dry eye flares. We continue to watch out for companies like Tarsus and Oyster Point Pharmaceuticals as we enter into 2021, as they both also have some really exciting technologies and management in the pipeline for chronic dry eye disease, as well as Demodex. So these are companies we want to keep looking at. We also revisited some technology that's kind of getting used more widely with Regenerize, an amniotic membrane drop. Basically, what's really exciting is all the education that comes along with these new technologies. So I encourage you to keep learning and keep striving to do the very best for your dry eye patients.